Welcome back to JV to the Pros, our Christmas episode, episode 12, and we're very happy that you guys are joining us. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey Ramsey. Just having a wonderful Christmas time here. So, with Paco, the last man standing. Technical genius! And Robin with a Y in the nest. Producer extraordinaire! You know what's very, you know what I love though, because I, I come across sometimes as, you know, kind of monotone. So I'm glad that Jack picks me up. But I'm really having a wonderful Christmas time here for those that are listening. And, and it's true when we're out and we're out somewhere, people recognize the yin and yang between uh, yes. the two of us. Uh, yes. But uh, I'll tell you what, what we'll do is, you know, we've got a couple of heavy topics. Let's, let's attack those and then let's get in the Christmas spirit and. First of all, we're going to probably have to classify this segment as just injustices. There was a certain somebody that I knew um, who was um, a real bottom feeder. I mean, somebody just took advantage of everybody's good heart and just uh, just took advantage of anybody that afforded him any slack. He just stole and ripped. And, a yeah, dirtbag. Yeah, dirtbag, yeah. Total dirt yeah, bag. I mean, he lived at my house for a little while and he stole from me. I mean, he's just yeah. he steals from everybody. Anyway, but one of the baby mamas, um, I ended up, crossing paths with through Facebook by fluke. And she turned out to be just an absolute sweetheart of a person. And she was telling me about how this guy was in complete denial of her son. Her name is Deborah. And Deborah was just an absolute angel of a person. She was telling me about her son. And I said, you know, I said, this gentleman, I'm not going to say his name, was saying that uh, he's not sure that you know, that's his son. So she We'll call said, him John. How about yeah, that? we'll call him John Smith. Okay. John Smith. So John Smith was uh, denying that this was his kid. And I apologize so, to any John Smiths yeah, out there. It's not you. We're not talking about you, <laughs> I promise. So she said, he's denying, let me send you a picture. Now, this kid had never met the baby daddy. And she sent me a picture, and the kid looked like an identical Xerox of him. <laughs> like, you don't need a DNA sample or anything. This is him. And the kid, ironically, without realizing the way the dad cut his hair, cut his hair the same way by accident. It looked like a before and after picture. Here he is as a kid. Here he is as an adult. You wouldn't need to actually do a DNA test. So she said, yeah, and he's been denying. I've been fighting him for child support. She raises this kid completely. And the kid turns out to be solid. He has a career, I think, in heating and cooling. He's got his stuff together. He's beloved by everybody. She did all the heavy lifting. Well, kid's now 21, and a few months ago, the dirtbag shows up, and he decides he wants to enjoy the fruits of her labor and be all of a sudden be daddy. And he's trying to find out how much money this kid has saved because he wants to go into business with him. Sure. He's obviously getting setting him up to bilk him, right? I mean, it's, it's dirt I, it, bag. Hey, it's the season of giving, right? Yeah, yeah. He's trying okay. to, and he's a taker, right? Yeah. So, um, so this guy is is saying, oh, we'll go into business together. It'll be great. It'll be father son. Meanwhile, the kid is quickly realizing. This guy's a leech. This guy's a parasite. And he starts to distance himself from it. Now, here's, um, you talk about injustice. Last week, kid was going home late at night. He wasn't drinking. Gets rear-ended at a high speed. Blood force trauma, dead at 21. She had done all this work, did everything right. And the kid is dead and the dirtbag is still alive. And, and living like real close to where the mom is. And he's not trying to get back together with the mom or anything. He's just poisoning the drinking water. And it's that's so a, tragic. It's, a, it's tremendous. And it broke my heart because I kept thinking it can't be him. This kid is golden. This kid is, this kid is wonderful. And so 
Um, I am going to say out to, to Deborah, absolutely, rest in peace, Adrian. I mean, just is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful young man. And, and, and I just, it took me several days to really absorb the fact. And I spoke to her on the way in tonight. And I said, you know what, I, I have to, first of all, give you props. And secondly, acknowledge Adrian. You'll feel his presence. He'll be watching over his mom because you watched over him. Well, that's good for you to say that. You know... You know, Jack and the rest of you, we could be talking nonstop, doing this podcast nonstop, okay, 24 hours a day, maybe for the next eight months straight without ever taking a break. Not possible, but, and we would be talking about all of the past, present injustices. Yeah. Yes. There's I mean, so many. If you go through it, and I'll throw something out at, at the uh, three of you, something that I think that's pretty deep. You talk about injustices. Mm-hmm. Think about all of the great men and women of peace and of change mm-hmm. that have been struck down, that have been assassinated, okay, that have been plotted against. Just think about that in history. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about injustices. And how many times have the plotters the person responsible, the people responsible, been brought to justice. Not as often. Seldom. Seldom. Yeah. Seldom. Seldom. Right. They get away scot-free. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, like, we, we look at, I, I watch a lot of uh, ID channel, where it's mostly, like, how crimes are committed, mostly murders, actually. Mm-hmm. And even though it usually wraps up with um, a trial and a sentencing, there is no possibility for justice, because I'll tell you what, um, if somebody has, if somebody is murdered and they have parents and they have brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. you're affecting all their families, Someone. all their kids, all their, and all the aunts and uncles and everyone that knew you. So the ripple effect is exactly. probably 30 or 50 deep from that one act and yes. that one, that one horrible crime, that one horrible decision. Mm-hmm. And then that person literally gets to live on mm-hmm. maybe in prison but they get to live they're they breathing breathe. our air exactly right and yeah. it seems it there and and so many times people have come to the conclusion when they do uh post-trial interviews with the media and they said there there's no winner here i mean even if they had sentenced this person to the death penalty that's years in in, in the future and this person still walks the earth and it's just yeah. and so still, and still breathes right certainly. No. Certainly. I mean, call it whatever you want to call it, the better, the butterfly effect, the domino effect, the ripple effect. You're right. Right. I mean, it just, it reaches out to so many different people. And not only that, Jack, it goes in the generations. Right. Yes. Because you don't forget about it. And then, you know, you raised a young person and then you're, you're talking about, you know what, on the anniversary, this, uh, this happened to that person. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we were talking about, uh, what, uh, a couple months ago when we were dealing with the Sharon Tate. Here it is. Right. It's 50 years, and we're still talking about it. We're still fascinated by it. Her sister is still affected course, by it. Yeah. The rest of the family, the, you know, they have to see that. They have to pick up the news. Well, no one picks up newspapers nowadays. But, but I mean, they have to look at it online. picking up the news, you're online. You, yes. you're, I mean, it's, it is a part of the fabric of, of America, at least. And at the very least, our popular culture. That's right. Yes. It, it's a bad part of Americana. Then you see the movie we talked about, you know, kind of revisiting that and twisting the facts. And But the fact is, you can't watch that injustice. You can't see a story about Sharon Tate and, and that whole situation with the Manson family without feeling like, you know what? That's a horrible piece of evil 
that cross paths with good people. When those two come together, it's a horrible recipe. It's just a terrible recipe. It always is. You know, and, and well the, put. the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I want to make it clear that I, I have a lot of friends that are Catholics. They they go to the Catholic church and you know, okay. Well, we're, we're Catholic, but I'm but, yeah, the church. But, but, sure, and I was raised a so Catholic. So you guys are lapsed Catholics, correct? <laughs> that would be a good way of putting it. Yeah, so am I. But, so. but I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. your faith is your business. It's it's your relationship with God. It's your relationship with, with your maker, whatever you want. But um, I've got several friends that are, that are, you know, a part of the Catholic Church, and and yeah, and they are openly offended at at the injustices that have gone on, especially with the Catholic Church in in regard to priests and choir boys and that kind of thing that's been going on. First of all, I've never read the Bible page, you know, cover to cover. I've just never have. I've read pieces of it, and and I I've gone to church. I went to church for a little while, and and I, I I found there to be some hypocrisy going on, so it turned me off. But um, but I, it doesn't affect where my belief is because I mean there are certain things about my life that I do think a higher power took charge and kept me protected but um the catholic church kind of invented the whole rule about priests not marrying certainly so that because what was happening was priests were married and then the priest would die and the wife was like okay you know this is a pretty strict lifestyle i think i'm going to go get crazy and wild and and then they had the house they had the money they had the property they had whatever assets the priest left behind and the church wanted that stuff so this stemmed from greed and they said okay you're married to god you don't marry anybody and they they took away an actual human need of of personal intimacy from priests so that they could get basically gather items so hang on jack i have Go to ahead. admit um tongue firmly in cheek i'm confused here you're mixing in the church with greed how, how is that how is that possible i mean are you i mean are you taking into account the crusades the inquisition i mean come on what are you talking about when you when you uh when you go to the vatican and it's dripping in gold you don't sit there and say i mean you know i understand supporting the church but um the church that i walked away from by coincidence about a month ago i'm in pacific beach san diego and i got behind the pastor who was at that church and he's in a convertible high-end sports car that says prayer on the license plate. Oh, good grief. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a Vegas mobile he's driving. Now, recently there was another pastor um, uh, that um, was caught using the church funds to buy his wife a $200,000 Bentley, claiming that she needed it to get around and it had to be a reliable car. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you this. With all that, like, that doesn't bother me as much. It's like, you know, there are embezzlers and people take things. But here's my problem. And this is really the bottom line, and I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Let's talk about all the molestations mm-hmm. that are being covered up. That's my problem. <clears throat> and that and is the, a tragedy. And, 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 and they're not just being covered up. They're being covered up methodically. Yes. Like if somebody is molesting somebody in Connecticut, they're rerouting them to San Diego, or they're rerouting them to Minnesota. Right. And they're thinking I wouldn't that, call it methodical. I would just call it standard operating procedure. That's the method. They, they sit there and say, okay, we have, we have an accusation of molestation. You're going to need to go to St. Louis. Because they're figuring that the paper trail... The other thing is the church until recently was extremely powerful to the point where they pretty much owned politicians and they owned the law and they were above it. And they were handling things, quote unquote, finger quotes, internally, but they weren't handling anything. And um, I just saw a story about... You've been to Guam, have you not? I only passed through. Passed through, okay. Guam is a seven-mile island. And apparently there was a priest 
absolutely going hog wild on young boys in Guam, claiming there's nothing, anybody, there's nobody around, you're on an island. They will not believe you against a priest. What a and creep. They, they were, there Talk were hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of victims of this one priest who just felt like he can do whatever he wanted, and he was basically just raping young boys all over the countryside. Yeah. And he God. was just on, I think, 60 Minutes did a story about the fact that all these kids came forward, and they've got families of their own, but they're still... Heartbroken. You talk about the injustice. Even though they defrocked him, it, it doesn't matter. The the damage is done. The damage is you know, and it's so much damage. Done. Yeah, and it will be. It will last forever, forever. with them. It right. doesn't matter how much counseling they get. It right. doesn't matter how much hypnosis and all this other stuff they go through. It will last right. forever. It, it's a piece of trauma that never leaves them. Exactly. And and there will be triggers. There will be yep. smells. There will be sights. There will be sounds that will cause these kids to just go right back mm -hmm. to where they were violated. And, and I sit there and I think, okay, how can the Catholic Church stand there and be praying on Sunday about the good of this and the good of that. When you have a molester that is dealing from a position of respect and authority, then it's a major problem. Kind of like the, the teacher we were talking yes. about last week. Yeah, when you have yeah. teachers and you have people that have access, so here it is, you have authority, access, and respect. That's the problem that I have. It's those three things. And then you have a group that's invested, fourth thing, a group mm -hmm. that's invested in protecting. Right. Yes. Like over in Italy, and this was just last month, you had a priest that was guilty of molesting scores of children. Yes. And they were deaf. They were deaf? Yes. They were deaf. An institute, yes, yes. An institute in Verona. Yeah. Yes. I, but an Italian priest, an institute oh in Verona I, last month. Now, I do have a personal experience with this kind of stuff from my father's side. This is partly the reason why he walked away from church. My father, one of his first jobs, he used to work at a Bally's health spa. He was the manager. And on his first day on the job, went to the showers, and there happened to be the priest from our diocese right there, with all the choir boys. With all the choir boys. Yes. He was doing something. Yes. With them. Okay. When my father came to uh, came to his parents and told them what had happened, you know what they said? Oh, he's a human being. See Jesus. what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the hypocrisy of tremendous. the Catholic. And that's the people that priests are, are human beings. They're human beings. They do need human contact. They need the intimacy. They need to feel okay. intimacy. Love. But see, you know what? But not, I cut not no from slack. kids. Right. Intimacy. Right. They should be allowed to that. marry. Play they with should yourself be if you have to. But they they should Don't be allowed to have relationships like a normal person. They are human beings. Certainly, but stop messing with kids. Absolutely. Exactly. Stop but, messing with kids. Because you know what? It doesn't, I, in my opinion, it doesn't matter if they are Catholic priests or if they are pastors for this religion or that religion or whatever. It's the children. It's the child factor. I don't care that Catholic priests are going out of their, their vows of celibacy. But like Corey said, do not pick children well you know i i have a chip on my shoulder ag against the catholic management end of it not the not the parishioners but the catholic management end of it and i'll tell you why you guys know that i did my my performing arts schooling in toronto yes and while i was there i'm there i'm 14 15 years old and there was somebody who was having a lot of trouble a lot of trouble and i'm not gonna say it was a male or female and they said look i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and i said I thought, I said, go, there was this really big church mm -hmm. near where our school was. I said, go there and talk to one of the priests. And, and they'll just at least give you some direction. And I find out years later, not that many years later, but I find out years later that that priest 
molested this person. I sent them. I felt like I felt like I walked them into the lion's den. Oh I felt, and especially as a sixteen, the guilt. I felt. I felt like I, I directed them. Sure. I said. I said. There's the answer. Go there. And I really believe that's where the answer was because my family was Catholic and mm-hmm. that's priest, how you were raised. Yeah. I yes. thought. I you thought talk. he never was brought to justice. As a matter of fact, when the when the allegations came out. He was on his deathbed. Oh. I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing to do except just basically watch him die. He literally was on his deathbed when, when all of a sudden this flood of accusations had come out. But these guys have got to be allowed to marry, have regular relationships, and absolutely tend to that human need because they should not be alienated from it in the light of, of certainly. Greed. Well, they can tend to the human need. Like for instance. Also last month, you had yet another Italian priest. This guy was finally arrested. Now, he had been molesting. Now, the girl is 11. She was nine. He was molesting her while she was nine. This girl told everybody that she could. Even the bishop at the time knew, and nothing happened. How this priest finally got caught was she recorded it. On her phone. Oh, on her phone. Good for her. And then it got aired on television. Oh my god! Still nothing. (laughs) Wow. And it got aired. What do you mean? mean, Still nothing. Still nothing because the recording was taken. uh, She showed the recording to people, and of course, what do they do? Cover up, scramble. But then it got to the news, and then it was aired, and then they had no choice but to arrest this. Yeah, because if you don't shine a light on it, that's the sad thing. You should not need to shine a light on this. This is basic right and wrong. This is simple stuff. There's no gray area here. Now I'll tell you what. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the listeners know there are two films that I would strongly recommend. One is the Magdalene Sisters, which was I'm talking about in Ireland. Uh, the molestations that went on at one particular convent for centuries. And the movie takes place on the tail end of that as these priests are getting caught. But they weren't just molesting. They were beating and abusing and raping. And it it was severe abuse because anybody in that town, any girl that showed any interest, curiosity, questioning anything about sexuality, Uh they were sent there to, quote unquote, get straightened out. And then they were being abused like crazy. Now, the interesting thing is the producers of the Magdalene Sisters had gotten the final product together and then it was declined because it had an X rating. And they said they had to cut out these scenes. And they said, look, the people that were at the tail end of this that were still alive that weren't in insane asylums had said that this is what happened and they said you're getting an X rating if you want an R you're going to have to cut out some of these scenes well then the people that it happened to were really angry saying that they 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 loved it it. they wanted it in because it was true Catholic Church said oh you guys went too far. It was all sensationalized and gratuitous. And the people that it happened to that were still alive were furious that the Catholic Church was denying any of this and were offering to take lie detector tests. And they said everything that you saw and more happened. Mm-hmm. And so if you get a chance to see the Magdalene Sisters, do so. And also another film I would strongly recommend, which won for Best Picture of the Year, I think in 2014, which was Spotlight, which started out as a small investigation by the Boston Herald, I believe the Boston Herald, in, Bo- in Boston in the Massachusetts area and it very quickly spread like wildfire and they realized there were 300,000 cases all over the world that they were able to find very easily and they began interviewing these priests and the priests were trying to justify what had happened saying oh no it was okay because because I didn't really force them too much because the priest was saying oh no it was okay because he wasn't yelling and it was all right and, oh my God. and like they, they had justified it and twisted it in their mind as okay and then one of the members of this priest family grabs him and shuts the door for, on the reporter and I think Rachel McAdams is in it yeah. Michael Michael, um, Michael Keaton. Keaton right and I mean it's got an all-star 
our cast. I think Ruffalo is in it. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, right? the guy from uh, from Mad Men, uh, the older gentleman. Right, right. Um, you're talking about John Hamm. That's uh, no, no, not John no, Hamm. Not John Hamm. His co-star. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. But but anyway, it's a great, great, great film. And they had gathered all the information. So if you get a chance, The Magdalene Sisters and Spotlight, I strongly recommend if you want to get a good idea of what the Catholic Church has been getting away with for centuries. Mm. But but I'll tell you what. It's Christmas time. Yeah, it's we're, Christmas. We're, we'll we don't want to bring that. everybody down. We did want to, like, not forego our obligation to attack injustices in the world we want certainly to and i so, think and i think just to put a bow on all of this you know it's not just priests it is presidents of companies it's ceos it's the governor of new mexico that was with jeffrey epstein anytime you have power you have authority mm-hmm. you have respect it's money power religion authority terrible recipe all of that i mean that's just that's a bomb um, and then the other thing is when you have a group that supports you, that will back you no matter what. And you see it in fire departments, police departments, military. You see that, that circle the wagons mentality. Right. People that are out there, if, if you are in this situation, there is now, which wasn't in the past, there's help out there now. There's legal consequences. There are agencies that are taking it. They realize how large a problem this is and they can't turn their back on it anymore they can't turn a blind eye to it so the the it's just if you've got a computer there are options there is help out there and don't give up on yourself at all because help is available but it's not gonna it's not gonna cure all it's just not gonna and parents please listen to your children pay attention okay when they say something to you investigate it yeah don't just brush it it off right you know you may know the priest for 20 years but that doesn't mean anything yeah, this is your this is your kid. You know, it's, the priest is a stranger ultimately. I mean, that that's somebody's out for themselves. And for all of us, you know, we just have to be vigilant in this day and age. When we see something, we have to report it. Yeah, Go let's, to break. Yeah, let's step and, away, and then we'll have some fun with Christmas stuff, and we'll we'll get a little lighthearted. Anyway, we'll go to we'll go to break. We'll let our sponsors have a word in, and then we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Okay, so holidays are upon us now, and and I got yes, a couple. They are. Of, yeah, and I, I know I've got a friend that's trying to frantically put together a uh, kind of a Christmas party out in the East County. Now, I know that uh, you guys know a, a way of putting together parties, and I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to ask you point blank because I'm going to hand it off to him and then just let him maybe contact you or something. But, I mean, how would he go about like, just planning out a Christmas party in like a week, and a week and a half or so? Wow, Jack, you put me on the spot. So you know what? I better go to the expert. <laughs> yeah, that would be Robin with a Y. That would be Robin with a Y. <laughs> Hello. Okay. What do we know about this? Well, so if you're need, in need of a bartender, mm-hmm. I highly recommend Bar None. Bar None. None is a bartending company here in San Diego and covers all of Southern California. Now, uh, when you say Southern California, you mean from Santa Barbara down or from L.A. down? No, I mean from San Diego County. Lake oh, Oceanside. San Diego County. Okay, well, yes. Southern California is L.A. So right, well, that's true. But, but now, now the bartenders, the, are they are they licensed they're bartenders? They're licensed bartenders. Okay. All of my bartenders are licensed. They they're, insured? If somebody wants insurance, it can be obtained Excellent. for the event. Absolutely. Excellent. And now, do you guys do the rest of the planning? Do you do, like, you know, the whole festivity, or do you just plan the bar we part of it? We primarily plan the bar of it, but our sister company, Jemmy's Creations, can uh-huh. do small boutique catering for the event as so well. So that would be the food end of it. So, so between the two, yes. a, a whole party can be put together and Absolutely. then somebody could just put up streamers and that kind of thing and just kind of make it festive. Exactly. But between the two working in concert, they could turn around and, and have a have Pull a together a party just like and, that. And then boom. You just, Absolutely. You're a tip jar away from getting the party started. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. And there you have it. 
Bar none. Bar none. Now, what's the number? How would somebody contact Bar none? Bar none can be reached at 619-952-9414, or you can email at bar, B-A-R, none, N-O-N-E-S-D for San Diego. So bar none, S-D, at Gmail. At Gmail. Okay, give the number one more time. Let's make sure they have it. 619-952-9414. Bar none. And there you go, San Diego's finest independent licensed bartenders. And and the catering. They can handle the catering part of it, too. They can put it all together. Well, I'll tell you what. This might be a good way for him to just get out from under because he's freaking out. Okay, so we've got a solution. Thank you. Santa Claus. Santa's in the house. Yeah. That was Santa Claus. So we're back, folks, and we're here with Paco, last man standing, yeah, with the truth genius. is alien. Well, the truth isn't really alien, guys. The truth is actually from the North Pole. Now, I mean, growing up here in the United States, we all, you know, grew up hearing about Santa Claus, and we were always wondering when we were children about whether we were on the naughty list or on the nice list. I don't know about you, Jack. Did you get a lot of presents on I, I shot for the naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was my target audience Why right am there. I not surprised? <laughs> I didn't want to be on the nice list because it just took too long to be nice. <laughs> I wanted to be on the naughty list. How about you, Corey? Come on. You're I rode the guy. fence. <laughs> I rode the fence. Well, I mean, I know you did. I have that dual personality, so I rode that fence. Wait, so does the bad Corey come out after a few shots of eggnog or something, or what? No, don't say it, Corey. Don't say it. We've been out. No, the bad... No, you know what? The bad Corey is always, always underneath the surface. And it's oh so naughty. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, now yeah. the truth is really becoming alien for those that are listening. All right, quickly, Paco, what do you have? Okay, so every year I always hear people talking about, like, you know, how Santa Claus can't be real. And, of course, an article or two flows around online about, like, someone actually broke it down. So I read this article the other day about a physicist who actually trying to break down how, uh, how Santa Claus could actually operate in our, in our world. And basically... If Santa Claus were real, there'd be a catastrophic explosion every Christmas. And I'll explain why. The speed to actually go as fast as he can to hit every every house in the country, he would be going, uh, it'd be like the equivalent of the uh, of the meteor that, or the asteroid that hit uh, the Gulf of Mexico 65 million years ago. That kind of explosion. I remember when the math was done, it was like nine one millionths of a second per house. In order to get it done, exactly. Oh, that's also, but also, you said the country, but it would be the world, right? Because there's right. only one Santa Claus. Well, at least that's how I was raised. Oh, you, well, you got to remember though, Santa Claus is only in North America. Uh, other places in England or Europe, I think it's Father Christmas. They even have Krampus in Germany, which is the exact opposite. I don't know what they have. I forgot what they call it in Mexico and down in South America. But usually they just, you know, bite off whatever we do or whatever. Well, you want you want to get an idea where I where where what tree I fell from. My grandfather on Christmas Eve used to we used to eat, and then he'd say, "Oh, let's go upstairs." He had a three story house. We go upstairs. He had this little window up by the attic, and he said, "We're gonna go look for Santa. We're gonna shut the lights and look for Santa." So my grandfather had the kind of evil sense of humor I have, right? So my brother and I kind of kneel by this little window. My grandfather's over our shoulders, and he goes, "Oh, oh, oh, there he is, there he is!" And we didn't see anything, and we're like, "Oh," he said, "You gotta be quick. You gotta be quick." He goes down the chimney and I, and my grandfather goes oh oh there he is there he is and we're looking at each other my brother and I Richie is like I didn't see it I said so I'm looking and we're looking and my grandfather's like you got to look real carefully so I say 
Oh, there he is! And my grandfather stands up and goes, Oh, Jackie, don't lie. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. And Richie and I look at each other and go, This is a screw job. Like, how is it he only sees them? <laughs> so I think what you're saying, Paco, to wrap this up, you're saying that it would be physically impossible for Santa Claus to really do what he does. Right, because if you had an object going that fast... At that velocity, literally the atmosphere would cook you. It'd be if you're standing anywhere near close to the thing. Not or that or uh, the sound wave would be so loud it would make your ears rupture and then you would bleed to death. Bleed to death from your ears? Well, no, wait a minute. He's got a beard, though. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that doesn't that absorb some sound? No, the friction would burn it. Would burn off. When you have something moving that fast well, at okay. that speed. So, so the hair is gray because he's going so fast. The color comes off his hair. Is that what you're saying? Sure, Jack. <laughs> Hey, well, that's what I thought. Okay, okay we, have, we have devolved here. Yes, we have. All right. So thanks, Paco. That was actually great. It was fun. The truth is uh, for sure alien. All right. Now, sticking with the, sticking with the Christmas theme and having fun here with, with everybody, I have a question for the three of you. Give me some... She was dying to play. She was with dying that. to play. I don't right. have my no button, so I have to play the same. She's literally like a kid on Christmas. So here's my here's my question to the three of you. Give me maybe two or three Christmas songs that you like. That's one. And Christmas movies. One or two. Christmas oh, movies. I, I can do I can I go first. Oh, you, go, you go first. We oh, never right. let you go first. Yeah, right. go, go, first. Paco, you go first. Well, I got definitely have to say, uh my my choices are pretty uh well, traditional. So obviously it would be It's a Christmas Story. Cause and, nope, nope, that doesn't work. <laughs> Why not? You can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, you leave that man alone. Kiss my ass, Jack. <laughs> leave that man alone. Yeah, leave Paco alone. The look on his face like, how can I be wrong? How can I get an opinion question? Can I get, a, can I get some sponsors out there to create a shirt that says leave Paco alone? Hey, Corey, I got this, all right? Robin's looking for a no button. I'm hoping when my wife shows up, she has her easy button. All right, Vecchio, I got you in my car. Crosshairs right now, okay? Because let me tell you, when I was a kid, hey, come on, can you stop now? All right, so here we go. Christmas, so we have a Christmas what? We have a Christmas story. Christmas I, story? Yes. Okay. Make I'm going to loan you, I'm going to loan, I did the stage show of Christmas story. And I knew that. And I had never seen it. A TV show. And I had never seen it. And, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah Patricia Costa had directed it, and I did the stage show of it where I played the old man. And I actually liked that production. I liked that production a lot. <laughs> All right, the producer, is, the producer is saying, Come on, let's, let's go. go. Okay. One. All right, my last one would be uh, It's a Wonderful Life. All right, you oh. and my brother, classic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you, ever see, did you ever see the alternate ending when he shoots up oh, the town? Yes, I see it. Yeah, it was on SNL the other night. Okay. During our break, during our break, I don't want to say anybody did some shots, but Corey might be hiccuping. <laughs> no, I think I'm okay. I, I'm scared to death by what you guys okay, are doing. So, uh, well, music uh, wise, music yeah. Wise. So give me some music. All right. So let's think. Okay. So Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. I mean, every time I think. Ooh, that's oh, that's a good one. Good well, choice. See that coming. That's all a good right. One. I happen right. to like Brian Wilson a lot, so I love the Little Saint Nick by the Beach Boys. You know, I mean, you can't be from California oh, without appreciating the that's Beach true. Boys. That's true. That's a good little one. Brian Wilson. You got some darkness <laughs> in you there. I, 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 darkness. Well, no, Brian, yeah. Wilson. Brian Wilson was a very dark. Yes. He was a very dark individual. Okay. I'll, you want me to go? Are you yes. writing down? All right. Uh -huh. well, I'll, I'll go. Okay. So we're going to do movies. Yeah. Um, start with a, my favorite Christmas movie is a movie called The Family Stone. 
Mm. And it stars um, Sarah Jessica Parker, Craig T. Nelson, Diane Keaton. I think Rachel McAdams is in it. Mm. I um, like the cast. Uh, Luke Wilson. And it's it's a real Christmas movie. That shows how families really interact with each other. The way they fight, the way they kind of claw at each other, the way they and and the fact that they all live away and they're kind of getting adjusted once a year at the main family's house. But it's a great movie and it's a real look at the way families interact. Family Stone is is my absolute favorite Christmas movie. Family um, Stone, I, yeah. I'm gonna have and, to look that up. That's, that's, that's and, a good I'm, and I'm going to chime one in for my wife because her favorite movie okay. is March of the Wooden Soldiers, Ooh. which she is going to find out as she listens to this podcast that I have never seen. <gasps> I've never seen. Yeah. I wasn't a Laurel and Hardy fan. Say it I, I, so. I, it so. <laughs> but I, I, I tried to find it. I can't believe it is sold out. Like every site I went on, it was sold out. I'm trying to get the DVD. It's Gone. It's Did you like go on the, eBay too? I went all over the place. What I thought the... it would have been when I found that she didn't own a copy of it. I thought, oh, I'll get her a copy, Aww. and I couldn't find it. But she loves March of the Wooden Soldiers, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I mean, I kind of think that's probably more of a Thanksgiving movie, but it's a holiday movie. Sure. My second holiday movie would be Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, but that's yeah. a Thanksgiving movie. I know it's a it's a holiday movie, but I really. Really love the relationship between John Candy and Steve Martin. Now that book I lent, lent you, uh, the one about the, about Saturday Night Live. Yes, yes. But there's a section on John Candy about that. Yep. Did you read? Yes, the, yeah, so I, when, yeah. I'm up, I'm up to that. So, so, so songs. My favorite Christmas song is. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is Coming. Santa. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, and, I, and I also love the one he does live in concert where he's saying, oh, he's going up to Michigan. Mm. And then like the crowd, he's obviously performing in Jersey. And he goes, and there's Santa coming to the Jersey Turnpike. And the place goes nuts. Nice. <laughs> so Santa Claus is coming to town. And my sick sense of humor has me with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I just love that song. It's just so I, I Like, I listen to it, I just laugh. I'm like, she got run over. It is a good one. And okay. Robin yeah. with a lie. You go next. No, we oh, she's saving us here. Uh, yeah, no, she's got something up her sleeve. Since, since, you, since you wrote, <laughs> we, we want to hear this. No, okay. no, you go, you go. She's got something. Come she's on, got Corey. a big finish. Go ahead, Oh, Corey. I just have a lot. That's all. Go ahead, Corey. Well, you have you to go. just give us two. No, I'm going to give you more than two. It's two films, two songs. Two films, two songs. I got two songs. My favorite song. Thank you. My favorite song is This Christmas. And it's sung by many people, but Utaka, which is a jazz band, sang it years ago. This Christmas. I don't know that song. And this Christmas will be... A very special Christmas. Christmas. That's the name of that song. Yes. Uh, yes. I didn't yes. know that's yes. the name of that song. Yeah. Twerps. Anyways, <laughs> Twerps. Um, then the other one is Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle oh, the classic. Bell, Jingle Bell by Bobby, by, by, Bobby, Bobby Hale? Bobby Helms. Helms. Okay, right, yes. Right. So, I love that jingle song. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle. I love that. It's and a classic. They, you know, play it all the at time. the beginning of Legal, Lethal Weapon, they have that song. Right. And... Every time I hear that song, I think of that scene. Now, now I'm going to let I'm, I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to ask everybody about a, a Christmas movie that is usually not regarded as a Christmas movie, but okay, it but came up as a number one thing. So, so go I ahead, Rob. I know. No, no, no. You're no, no, still going. She didn't even go. No, she's right. still going. She's still all right, going. All right, all right, all right. So I have several favorite movies. So give, give so, us two. Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer. Wait, 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 wait. Had a very shiny nose. Wait, wait. Is this the bullying movie? The one you like? The, the one, one that we talked bullied? about last week. Yeah. I love that movie. Tell Santa to go to hell. And yes. uh, <laughs> Charlie Brown's Christmas. All right. Yes. And nice. it happened one Christmas. That's the one with uh, Marlo Thomas. 
it's a remake of oh. the one you said you liked. A Christmas Story? A Christmas Story, maybe? It's no. a remake of Christmas Story? No, no. The, what's the classic one you said you liked? Oh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. With it's Jimmy a remake Stewart? of that? Yeah. With it happened Stewart, on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is one of the most popular Christmas oh, movies that's of all. Wonderful Life, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. shown every year. It's, that's considered that's as Christmas as it gets. Consider, considered to be a classic. Yeah, for and like then they also 65 like years. Die Hard. Yes. That was the one I was going to bring up. Yes. Yes. People don't think of that as a Christmas movie, but that's a Christmas movie. Save the day and get everybody home for Christmas. I love yeah. that. <laughs> a couple of Christmas songs that I really like. Santa Baby, Eartha Kitt. It's a good one. And Wonderful Christmas Time by the Beatles. Oh, those yeah, are I like my that one. two. Those oh. are my two favorites. Oh, good, good, good. Yes. Yeah. Good. And what's your movies? Movies, I would go with, yes, Die Hard is my number one, one of my all-time favorite movies. So I would say, I'll go three. Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, the first one, and then in the animated A Christmas Carol. Came out in 1971. So it was an animated of The Christmas Carol, and that was actually a film, an animated film. Oh, so I would go with that. You know what other one too that I forgot Wait, about? How, is, how long is your list going to be? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I asked for a couple. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> The Grinch. How the Grinch stole Christmas. The original cartoon. Oh, wait. is classic. oh 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 with the twins. How did, no, yeah. with Boris Karloff as the Grinch. How the Grinch stole Christmas. Yeah, but it's got the twin. The, the twins well, that you're supposed to be down like, in the, le- right, the right, right, village. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that that's actually that's an old. That's an old. That's older than you. You know, it's that's more than forty years know. old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was that, built, born yesterday. Yeah, wow. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Wow. That's, so that that's your that's your list. And that's that's it. it. That's, that's it. it for me. Okay. Two and two. All right, two and two. <gasps> oh, do you remember who did used to do that back in the eighties? Yeah. We'll be back yeah, in it was the guy, two and two. Love yeah. connection. Yeah, yes. Chuck Woolery. Yeah, Chuck Woolery. We'll be back in two and two. Yeah, yeah yes. he thought that was so cool. Yeah, it was. It was cool. And he now, was cool too. Now, now try to th- try to think of like you know families get together like every year they get together for a, a get together they have a part all year long and then there's that whole adjustment and something awkward usually goes wrong amongst family, like some really uncomfortable situation. So let's do another shot. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cheers. We can't beat that. Here's the tradition that we had. We had like a rather large house. One upstairs, we had the fake green tree, and there would be a whole bunch of presents under that. And then down in the rec room would be the six-foot silver tree. You know, like the tin, you know, the tinsels and everything, Mm -hmm. all with green and red balls. Yeah, multiple trees. Multiple trees, three. So that was the number two tree, gifts under that. And then every Christmas Eve, we would get the last tree, which was the real tree, that we would go and get. We would all go and bring it in on Christmas Eve and decorate it. So you had a third tree. That was a third tree. Every year. Were there gifts under all these trees? All, yes. My parents would go all out for Christmas. I knew you were spoiled. All out for Christmas (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's amazing. All I mean, the time. You know, when we when we get past the holidays, I'll tell you what I went through for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, so well look, I'm not saying that I I'm not saying that I had like this pristine childhood. But I'm saying that like, sounds Christmas, pretty good. Well, yes. I mean look, my parents they did their best that they could and they took care of me. You're so afraid to tell us any story. I can tell. You're no, afraid. I'm not afraid at all. I just, if I had a funny story. You don't want him to hear the podcast and no, go. If I had a funny story, I know. If I had a funny story, I would I would really say something. But I don't have anything. That you never had that. anything, anything that, oh, that, that wasn't even the best story I had. No, look, I was a kid. Look, my parents was a pain in the ass. I was a kid. I didn't want to be, yeah, see? No, we didn't have it.
Now, do you guys get together still every year at Christmas? Yes. Now, I have a tradition now that my brother Ray, he flies out here to San Diego. Uh And so he'll be actually here this Sunday. Okay. And so we're going to try to get him on the podcast. Oh, okay, good, good. Christmas Day. Now, now, let me ask you something. Christmas Day, they all you got together, you got all the Christmas trees and everything, right? Right. Okay, so what, I'll get the address from you. <laughs> and by Friday next week. Somebody else is living there, but okay. You'll have You're stories. more than welcome to show up. You'll have stories next week. I, I know how to stoke that fire, believe me. I mean, if you had been there, yes, then we would have had all kinds of stories. I, I can create I'm conflict, yes. believe me. Yeah. You have no idea. Now, listen, here's thing here's the thing for our listeners here's what i did as a child i knew that my parents were in charge so i didn't act up in the house operative phrase in the house yes so in other words (laughs) i got in trouble at school like most kids and everything but i like when my parents told me to do something i did it because i saw what would happen to my older siblings when they didn't respect and how my father was, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm okay, not going to so do you that. You got in trouble at school. Yeah, See, so that's, I had that's school and differ. college. I, I was, and all a, that I was a perfect student. Oh, no. Nah, that's, I no, was not. I, Are you kidding? I had my own my own seat in the principal's yeah, office. I, I was, <laughs> and they had a seat you know. that was just reserved for me. <laughs> <laughs> when I went back for my reunion, they were like, his seat is still there in the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> no, I never wanted to get... You know what? I never wanted those beatings. Because, look, you know... Um, Three of us here were children of the of the seventies and eighties, and so discipline was different for mm-hmm. children Very. back then. I mean, your parents they'd smack you, mm-hmm. they'd hit you. You know, look, we're uh, three of us are from the East Coast here, so right. we know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I saw what would happen to my siblings. Like I saw what happened to my oldest brother when he disrespected my mother and what my father did to him. I, I didn't want that to happen to me. Being from the East Coast, and, and people had a sense of unity within the neighborhood and yeah. that kind of thing. And I remember bringing a West Coast girlfriend to New York, and she saw a kid misbehaving in a bakery, mm-hmm. and another parent smacked the kid. Nice. Yes. And and she was shocked that like another parent, because clearly she knew that wasn't their kid, and she acted yeah. like I took care of it. <laughs> And the parent was like, yeah, I was all the way over there. I appreciate it. <laughs> my, next door, my next door neighbor, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Brady and Jay Brady out there, who's still a friend of mine living in Atlanta. You know, we grew up as, uh, you know, as brothers. Their name his, was Brady? Really? Yeah. And his parents, his parents were also my parents. Yeah. And so That's when Mr. Brady hood. told me to do something, you best believe I did it. That's a neighborhood. That's the way yes. neighborhoods are yes. back east, and that's oh, a good way yes. to be. Absolutely. Everybody watching out for each other. Here yeah. in California, and I love it out here, don't get me wrong. You're on your own. But you could live next door to somebody for 10 years, and all of a sudden sure. they're on the news, and you're like, yeah, I saw them for about eight years. Sure. I, I didn't know who they were. Right. Never said hello. It's like amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm so grateful that I live in the complex I live in, where it's all made up of people from like Chicago and Boston and New York and like uh, New Hampshire, because we all are like one big unit. I mean, that's how nice it is in my complex. It's mm. it's just everybody's from back east, the northeast, you and, f- and you and I relate to that because because that yeah. feeling is 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 way different than it oh. is here in California. Oh yes, it would be nothing for the Bradys to go to knock on my door. A knock on my parents' door and say what I was doing. It doesn't seem to translate out here for some reason, even though most of this area is made up from people from the Northeast. Yeah. I mean, it we're just all seems transplants. Like, yeah, we're all yes. transplants. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's the weather on the East Coast. Maybe that brings people unites together. People. It yeah. unites people. It's Your cold outside. To, yeah, but I, I think what he, I think that he's saying is like, you know, the kind of weather we face, you could die. Mm-hmm. Here, you could just get tan. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it's, uh, I mean, look, 
Look, I'm driving with my convertible yesterday. I'm tolling around yesterday in my convertible. You know, there's no way you could do that right. in Philadelphia, New York, Chicago. Right now. Boston. No, it's yeah, like, it's like no 24 chance. degrees right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably like a day at the beach if it's you know, 24. I, I got to tell you guys, nobody can see, obviously, because this is an audio. But yeah. look at my face. Guess how that happened? I was watching a movie. If we're in my living room and the sun was coming through the window and I got tan. Oh my god. See? Now I got tan in it's my living now, room. now look at my face. How did this happen? I don't know. How did this happen? Sweet, oh no, wait, I, I was born this way. Okay, my bad. My bad. Well see, I was trying to relate to you. I was trying to relate to you. What movie were you watching? What a dork. I'll tell you what, you know, you and I were talking about we were kind of being critical of the Irishman last week about the accents and yes. and, and I heard from Tony Welch. I heard from him today, and he said, "You're absolutely right. They missed the mark on some of the some of the dialects. They missed the mark." I said, "You're," ap-. and he said, "I didn't notice it. I was so taken in by the quality of what I was doing and the quality of actors I had around me that I just didn't realize that they really did miss the Chicago accent. They missed some of the some of the stuff." Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching a movie before I came in tonight and it's an old movie called Catch Me If You Can it's with Leonardo DiCaprio sure, great Tom. movie great yeah. movie okay you guys are familiar with it I did notice that Tom Hanks you know had to be a guy from the Boston area and at one point he said oh no 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 I, 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 I heard his voice I, I, I saw his face and I thought oh the way he said I saw his face I thought yeah He really learned that accent for that role. He could have gotten away with not doing it. And he learned that accent. And then I realized when you go back and you look at Leonardo DiCaprio's character. uh, Abagnale Jr. Yeah. And and Leonardo DiCaprio nailed the way Abagnale sounds. And I thought, okay, that's necessary in a project that's about real people. And that's where the Irishman fell short. And I think that's going to cost them. It's award season now. Come award season. I think that people are going to, that are understanding how films are made and how important it is from scene to scene and how much time you have to prepare from scene to scene. There's no excuse to not be fully in character. I'm going to be fascinated to see what trips them up because I would think it would be, again, the casting of Al. Al Pacino. Yes, Al Pacino yeah. as Hoffa and certainly the longevity of the movie. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was way too long. It, it was Roots. But at least Roots broke Roots up. was over a month span. This has got to watch all at once for a month. I mean, and, and the, you and I agreed there were so many scenes that were unnecessary. Yeah. Was just scenes where they just put in old cars and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just, right. come on, let's stop it. Right. But, but that doesn't take away from the genius of Scorsese, but you also have to, there's a tightrope you walk between creativity and product. You know, there's, there's a tightrope you walk between quality and product. I agree with you guys on this one because watching the other films he's done, especially the longer ones, the thing, what makes those movies brilliant is they don't feel long. They might be three-hour movies, but they don't feel like three-hour movies. Yeah, but could you imagine if Scorsese had gotten the green light to do Schindler's List? Schindler's List would have been eight hours if if Scorsese had done it because, I mean, he would have gotten really caught up in a lot of gratuitous stuff. He seems to get lost in that a little bit, and I don't know that he does that all the time because he didn't with Goodfellas. But this thing with this thing—it was a bore. The Irishman just—it just—it there were there were I literally I don't like to get up for movies, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, you know, I'm on my next meal. Well, look, is it, <laughs> is it safe to say with great directors that you know, like even with sports, like you're past your prime? Yeah. I mean, we saw it with Hitchcock. His last movie, did you guys see Fer- Frenzy? That was the least Hitchcocky movie that I have ever seen. And I've seen just about all of them. I think it's hard to be objective 
when you're in the circle, it's hard to step out and realize what you may be failing at because you're so used to this machine just producing mm -hmm. the films. I think that if someone were able to just sit you down and say, hey, here's how we see it, and we're having problems with it at this point, I think that would be the big issue. You know, sure. but I mean, Scorsese, somebody had to have said, oh, my God, three and a half hours. No, I think he's too big. Yeah. I, I said, think he can do oh whatever. God, I think he can hours. do whatever he wants. I mean, I, I think he's. Yeah, but there's not that many movies I will watch in three pieces. I literally like I like to watch a movie end to end. So but I, I watch like an hour and five minutes or an hour and ten minutes, then an hour and five minutes, hour and ten minutes, and then an hour and five minutes, hour and ten minutes. And then because I know so many people in the industry, now I gotta read the credits. And the credits may still be rolling <laughs> at my house. <laughs> see now see now conversely, I loved Munich. And Munich was three hours. Munich and that was, was a great. And movie. that was Spielberg. That exactly. was Spielberg. And that I've I've watched multiple times. And it's yes. still good. Now do you think there could have been Forty minutes cut out of it if you needed to. I don't of, think so. of Munich, if, if somebody's at the studio, well, it's his studio, DreamWorks. But if someone had said, "Hey, look, you need to cut forty minutes," could forty minutes have been cut out easily? I would say not forty minutes. I'll, here's what I'll give you. I'll give you fifteen. See, let me tell you something. I, I watched it, and there were so many scenes of real footage yes. of them waiting from outside and the and the the actual news footage. Right. I'm thinking, okay, you could you could have skipped through some of that and or shortened it. You didn't need it to be 20 or 25 seconds at a time because if you think about it, you got two of those, that's another minute of the movie. And if most movies are 100 minutes, you just used 1% of the movie so on, on an old footage thing. I'll give you 15 minutes, but I felt that you needed all of that. Okay, so if, if it could have been 245 or 235 and you would have been okay. Yeah, I mean, I was okay either way. And look, maybe because I was riveted, Right. Buy it, and so it didn't bother me. Same thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, I'm going to watch it again, but I had no problem sitting in the theater saying, you know, I really like this. Django Unchained. You're going to watch Once Upon know, a Time in Hollywood again? I'm going to watch it again. I you know, you don't just, get that time back at the end of your life. You know that, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just the scene of, of Brad Pitt walking down that hallway toward Bruce Dern. <laughs> I mean, that that's going to take up the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there and again, there's an act, uh, there's a, a director who is, you know, the, what do you call it? Gratuitous shots? Yeah. Totally yeah. gratuitous. And, and twisting... Twisting the facts of what happened. I mean, well, everybody, know, yeah. well, everybody twists the facts. It wasn't just twisting. It was, I it think was like an alternate ending. Indulging. Totally. But it was an yeah. alternate yeah. ending. But it was a great know? ending. But I mean, if only that, that could be real. Right. But that, I mean, he did it with Inglorious And Bastards. that movie is billed as Quentin Tarantino's ninth film because he said he's only going to make going 10. To 10 yes. Right. So it's billed as his ninth film. Go out and see it. There's only going to be 10. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Did we lose you for a little bit? No. <laughs> no, but you just, we were talking about uh, whatever that no, one movie I'm, was. I'm telling you, if we, if, we ever get, if we ever get an endless morning show, we're going to have trouble cutting because Corey yeah. and I can go and go and go. Well, and, we, funny, and we branch and branch and branch. What's funny is we started out talking about Christmas and here we are talking like about movies. 15 yeah, minutes about later movies, right. about yeah. movies. Well, I thought well, we would morph away from Christmas. Well, you know, I like lists. Maybe one of these days we'll do, like, uh, our favorite presidents or something like that. I'm a big fan of lists. We should do that on President's Day. Yeah, why don't no, we do that? No, no, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah it's oh, a great idea. I was kidding, but okay. No, I think it's a great, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. All right, now uh, let us um, pull back out. What, what, what's next, Robin? Well, so you know what? I, I just want to talk here. This is totally off topic, but... I just wanted to tell everybody that, you know, my son Damien was on a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. and he's been applying to colleges. He wants to be a dentist when he gets older. 
And he got accepted to USF, University of San Francisco. Oh. Yes. And he got did a $14,000 a year scholarship. Oh, for my a leader, gosh. It was a leadership scholarship. Wow. Yes. Isn't that Good awesome? Yep. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Corey, Ooh. I'm thinking road trip. Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah. No, no, no. Just me and Corey. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All Absolutely. Fine. Hey, we'll, we'll we'll call you guys up and let them know how it's going. Yeah. All you'll, you'll hear them say is, "Those aren't pillows." <laughs> Corey already said when if Damien goes to UCLA, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to come up and stay with you on the weekends, okay?" I don't, I don't think that's going to fly. <laughs> they see how I'm good going. looking he is. There's going to be a lot of people looking to stay with him on the weekend. So, yeah. Uh, so we we are. We, okay. So let's. Yeah, we went way over. Let's let's go into our sports section. Okay. So our sports we'll, section. So with sports. Bye. So last week we had Corey. Did I did I get any wrong? Just tell me. I'm gonna do like the old Price is Right thing. Old old magic lady. Did I get any numbers wrong? Did I miss any? Five. I couldn't miss five. So how many did he you get? You missed right? five. You got eleven that, right. So you got eleven right. Cody but that got, would mean okay. I'm not undefeated. So how many did I get? Cody got twelve right, and I got twelve right. All right. So and once so again, on the, I on lost the, another game. Yes, once again, bringing up the rear. <laughs> on the season, how appropriate. Corey has eighty-five, and Jacques, Jacques. has sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. What a great, what a great baseball record that is. And eighty-five of, and sixty-nine. And speaking of baseball, it's better than five hundred. Yeah. Would you? Wouldn't you want to be Garrett Cole right now? Wouldn't oh, you yeah. want to be him? Yeah, they they backed up a big truck of money. Yes, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I think he's worth. I think he's worth every single penny today. And team. I think he could have asked for more, and they probably would have given it to him. I, I think. I, I think they were prepared to get him at any cost. Yes, they were going to pay the Yankee tax and just do it, and that's it. All right, so let's do our picks real quick. We're going to do. Them? Oh no, we're not doing picks. We're, we're not doing, doing our picks. No, remember, we had too we many don't... people complain about it. Okay, all right, so we'll, we'll do them, and we'll just see how we did next week. But yeah. Robin will keep track of it. But, okay. Yes. Let's go back so, to Cole. Let's go back to Cole. Talk okay. about well, yeah, sports. Cole. Well, Cole's up. He's what seven years? How long is it? How long is his contract? So what is it? Seven years, uh, three hundred and twenty-four million per game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think here's the thing. Look, you're getting him in the prime of his life, right? Uh, of his career. Of his career. He's twenty-nine years old. I mean, he's coming off of. Uh, I mean, how many uh, Cy Youngs has he had? Is it two? Do I have that right? Or is it just one? No, he's got he's got one, I think. How many just how many Cy Youngs? I think he's got one. He is okay. So, can I just interject one thing here? So you said three hundred and twenty four million over seven years? Yes. That's it's forty six million two hundred and eighty five thousand seven hundred and fourteen dollars per year. Yeah, and he only has to pitch every fifth or sixth day. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even have to play every day. Like he's not like a shortstop. And it's what, hundred and sixty games in the year? Hundred and sixty two. So they are my So he's pitch so he's getting he's getting twenty eight starts. He's getting about ten okay. He's getting so twenty eight starts. Twenty eight. So right, right twenty eight. He gets one million six hundred and fifty three thousand sixty one dollars. Yankee's got per a bargain. Game. I, I, that's Yankee's why I got say a bargain immediately. Because he's gonna put a million dollars worth of asses in seats. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I think that they, they spent that money wisely. I don't you see I, I don't think that's wasted money. No. When they I gave CC Sabathia the money they gave him, they just gave him because they didn't want the Red Sox to end up with him. That's the only reason they gave him that money. And and CC did fine, but he's not gonna do like Cole. Cole is gonna kill it. He's gonna kill it. And oh, I think, yeah. Here's what I think that sure the back end of the contract may not be uh is good, but I think you're gonna get four. I mean super years out of him. Yes. 
And and I don't know that it's guaranteed for the whole seven. Right. I think there's because these contracts are funky. Like there's a certain amount of money that's guaranteed, and whatever the total is on the thing, it includes MVP for the World Series. It includes it includes a whole bunch of like other trophies that right. go on. Like if he gets the Cy Young, he get because I remember Clemens in the late '90s that if he wins the Cy Young, he gets a hundred fifty thousand exactly. dollar bonus, and that was all part of the, the eighteen million. Yeah. But the hundred fifty thousand only comes if he gets the Cy Young. Otherwise, he doesn't get that money. So it looks like he's getting a bunch of money, but he wasn't getting that much money. So I have a question, Jack. You are the baseball guy. So tell me, what's going on with the Dodgers? I mean, they missed out on Machado, Harper. They lowballed Cole. They lowballed Cole. Yeah. yeah what's going? Almost what's like going they, on almost them? like they'll take him, but they want him at a bargain. Right. And this is this is his chance. This is his moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't I don't quite understand because financially, right. Dodgers are top heavy. I mean, they sell out like crazy. I mean, the, the support they have in the L.A. area is ridiculous. I mean, the average person that goes to a ball game spends, aside from the ticket, somewhere between 50 and 75 bucks. Mm-hmm. Now, you multiply that by 40000 per game, and the land is free. I mean, everything is free. All the concession stands, the Cokes, they put that stuff in there just to get it out there. I mean, it's nothing but money. It's like a big money river there, right. and I don't know why. And they're, they're in the same position, as far as I'm concerned, as the Yankees, as the Red Sox, as the Cubs, and the Phillies, Phillies, yeah, the Phillies. I mean, there there are teams, there are teams like Pittsburgh that are not in that position. Pittsburgh, Oakland, right? yeah. San Francisco. I mean, even yeah. Minnesota is in a, is yeah. in a pretty cash Minnesota, plus thing, yeah. and they're in a good spot. San Francisco is in a great spot, but I don't understand why the Dodgers w- were going to the dollar store to go buy ball players when mm-hmm. when everybody else is 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 you know shopping at Nordstroms. I I don't get it. You know like th- th- this is a game. As soon as the Red Sox adopted the Yankees way of uh, uh, you know accumulating players, mm-hmm. they win a championship. They just seem to they just had to follow the formula. And I don't understand why the Dodgers are not following the formula. I don't I don't know why they want to nickel and dime because this is a business and it's a right. business where you get a return. They have a guaranteed return. They have loads of season ticket holders. They have loads of fans. They got people that are visiting LA that just on a whim want to go see a Dodger game. I mean, I, I don't I don't get it. So that that's a mystery and that's to me is mismanagement. You know, let's make that too uh, something that we do when uh, baseball season comes around and it'll be here soon enough. Yeah, we need to go weeks. up and we need to do this from a Dodger game. I'll I'll, I'll have to get you to because I'm pitching again this year. I'll have to get you to come out to a game. I'll introduce you to the because the team listens to the podcast. Yeah, for sure. You know they let's, they they, uh, they all the all, all my Yankee teammates love the podcast. Let's let's do that. So, uh, see anything else in sports that's really relative? We well, got anything uh, else going I, on? I don't I don't know that um that, that got anything that's like really rock in the world right now i mean the thing the thing with the the patriots fizzled out and i give you that you know like yeah, what, what yeah. A, it was it was truly a, a, a deflated balloon um I, you know i don't i, I see what you did there i didn't think anybody would get they didn't no, catch no, you. I, like, no, no, I, I see what you did you know no, and no. basketball I, i'll tell you i'll start following that sometime after christmas then i really get into that uh, and college basketball, we'll talk. And I'll keep about up that. with you with the basketball. I'll keep up with you with the NBA. But I have to say, as you know, if I'm attached to any basketball team, it's the Knicks because I'm a New Yorker. But okay. I, I am so bummed out that for 20 years the Knicks have been basically irrelevant. I mean, you know, that's it's they went to the. The, the championship mm-hmm. in 2000, and they really haven't done anything since. And then once again, 
like such a terrible team. I'm just like, but I got to say, you know, watching Brady for the last 20 years, you know, I think on, on some level, people really have lost track of the fact that we're watching probably the greatest basketball player that ever lived playing with LeBron. LeBron has more than proven that he, I, I, I think that if you're able to get Michael Jordan and LeBron both in their prime, I think, I think LeBron beats him in a one-on-one. I think LeBron is is it's a tremendous force. So is I, he your is he your greatest player of all time, LeBron? James? You know what? He is my greatest player of all time was Wilt. All right, right. I was that. I thought Wilt and was. That's I why Wilt we was, get along. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm looking at LeBron and day in and day out, and I don't even follow basketball. There he is. He's putting up 50. He's putting up 40. He's doing things, and he's turning franchises around. He wins Cleveland a championship. Goes down to Miami, wins a couple. He, he's in L.A., and L.A., they got the best record. The Lakers have the best. Now the Lakers are relevant again, and, and it's and I got to say it's because it's not Anthony Davis. It's LeBron James. Go Celtics. <laughs> yeah. And you know there there are going to be teams that are going to that are going to go up against them from the east, but the Lakers are the Lakers, man. And you look at the Warriors; they went to like five finals in a row, mm -hmm. and now the Warriors are the worst team in basketball, well, right I along mean, with the Knicks. Well, you see the injuries that they have, though. Right, I mean, Thompson right. is out. You know, Duran left. Curry is out for the season. So I mean, I think their three superstars are gone. But I think in the NBA, there's maybe four teams. Of consideration for championship. Give me your four. I I, I think that um, I think first of all, I yeah Celtics. I, I think are are potential contenders. Yeah. Go Celtics. Go Celtics. <laughs> obviously the Lakers. Sure. Okay. Um, I would probably you know I wish the I wish the Bulls were doing better. Um, I don't. You know what? I'll help you out here. Okay. So I'll I'll say this. I'll say yes the Lakers, but. I think in a playoff series, it's going to be the Clippers. I think the Clippers will take them out. You think their roommate is going to take them out? I think the Clippers will take them out. But, you know, I say the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, and maybe a surprise team that I'm going to throw at you, Miami Heat. No. Wow. Yeah. See, I agree with you on the Sixers. Agree with you on the Sixers. I got to tell you something interesting. I, I, I did, I'm one of the few people that had gotten a chance to sit in Sterling's mm -hmm. box at a Clippers game. Mm -hmm. And you would think, you would think center court, you would think center court, it's all the way up in the top of the rafters. For some reason, the skybox up there, mm -hmm. actually, it kind of bends over. Okay. I felt like I was watching the game from like a drone above the game. Like the game didn't seem far away at all. And I felt like I was just hovering above the game. It was awesome. And the fact that any food you want was right there. <laughs> but to sit in the owner's box was a thrill and a half for me. I mean, I didn't yeah, mean, I didn't mean day, Donald Sterling, of course. But. You know, back in the day, you could get a Clipper ticket. But now with uh, Kawhi Leonard there and Paul right. George, forget it. Yeah, and the Clippers, no the Clippers were kind of a doormat, and yeah. no, nobody really cared. But now the Clippers are contenders. Yes. So, yeah, I agree with you completely. And now we got hockey 
hockey coming up, and we're oh. gonna be we're gonna be talking about uh, my Rangers. And uh, do you have a team in the in, in the Philadelphia NHL? Flyers? In the NHL, you can't seem to get out of their way. You got, you got an yes. NHL team? You Philadelphia Flyers. We'll talk about that. Can't seem to get out of their way. I figured I'd repeat the same thing again. Yeah, next time let's definitely talk about hockey. I'm gonna yeah. give you my my take on the Philadelphia Flyers and why they haven't won a. a Championship. Now, now there's a New Year's Day game. It's 45 there? years. There's a New Year's New Year's Day hockey game. Yes. Right. And who's playing this year? You know? I don't know. I don't know either. My um, but we should look that up because because I know there's like uh, there's one outdoor game on New Year's Always. Day. So okay. All right. We will do our picks off the air, and we will give you guys the results, and we're gonna say uh, we're gonna say good night to everybody. Where's Santa? Where's Where's Santa? <laughs> I've been semi-good this year. (laughs) Okay, what we would like to do is we would like to sign off by saying Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays to everyone out there. All right, folks. So thanks a lot. Have a great holiday. Have a safe and happy holiday. Be good to one another. And that's it for me. Yeah, we take care of each other, and you do the same out there. And we will see you in 2020 with our first broadcast of the new year. Santa, what do you got to say, Santa? Talk to me, Santa. Merry Christmas. Be kind. (laughs) All right. Santa, did you already go up the... Oh, there we go.